Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 264. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. First time listeners, we're glad you discovered Tech Guide and we hope that you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. Well, this week we are in New York for the Samsung Galaxy Note 8 launch. It was a few days ago now. We are going to talk about the device. We are also going to talk to Gary McGregor, who's Samsung's Director of IT and Mobile in Australia. And we're also going to talk about the plans and offers and also the release date that may coincide with a rival device. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Huawei Watch 2, the Nest Smart Home lineup of products, and the smartest barbecues in Australia. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A huge show planned for you, so let's jump straight in. Well, as we said, we are here in New York, the Samsung Galaxy Note 8 launch was just a few days ago, and the device will be in stores on September the 22nd. Pre-sales have already commenced. We're going to talk about the offers from the telcos uh, in a little while. We'll also talk about why that release date is significant. But first of all, we want to just talk about the device. The event uh, was held at the Park Park Avenue Armory, which was uh, a nice large venue and as is typical of Samsung, the event was quite flashy. They had this amazing screen as well as an amazing floor that was also a screen. So when the person was talking, the images went from the floor to the screen to, to the wall and back down again. And uh, at one t- at one point, uh, several points, all the floor and the wall was lit up at the same time. It was quite remarkable. I, I did take some images uh, and shared them on my, my stories and on social media. They're, they're quite remarkable. Well, let's talk about the device itself. And and actually, before we do that, we should address uh, how well Samsung talked about, let's call it the elephant in the room. Now, you've got to remember, this is the Note 8. And a year ago, uh, a similar event was held for another device called the Galaxy Note 7. Now, it, it did, the, the launch went off without a hitch and the review program kicked off and pre-sales were, were, were sensational. And I reviewed the product and it was probably one of the best smartphones I'd ever reviewed. But little did we know a few weeks later that there would start to be battery issues, recalls, and eventually that device was, was recalled and cancelled. So that, I think, was something that, that was needed to be addressed. It was addressed. It was addressed actually quite well. And Samsung, they began, they began the event 
by showcasing some dedicated note users, some users who were so dedicated to the brand and expressing how sorry they were that the Note 7 was, was going to be discontinued. And it, it, was, it, it showed just how, how, how many dedicated Note customers are out there, even in Australia. It surprised me the number of customers who I think three out of four said it's the best phone they've ever used, uh, they'd recommend it to other people. So a very loyal band of users out there. Samsung completed that video by saying, we're sorry we disappointed you, but you are the reason that we kept going. We weren't going to give up. You inspired us to continue. And as a result, we are here today to unveil the Note 8. I think it was really well done. And it, it got the event off on the right foot and then allowed them to talk about the improvements and the features and everything about the phone and kind of left the Note 7 behind it, it, it was it was it, the issue was dealt with and we were moving on to the device now the device itself 6.3 inch screen a powerful product we're talking we're talking laptop quality processor on board we'll talk a bit more about that in a second but quad hd plus super amoled infinity display similar to the display that samsung introduced with the galaxy s8 earlier this year if you cast your mind back so the device is slightly wider, though, than the S8 because you need, being a note, you write on the screen with the S Pen and you need a little bit more space. It's also slightly taller than, than the S8 as well. So it's fairly large screen, but you hold it in your hand. That infinity display that goes edge to edge kind of reduces the size of the product. So really good feel in the hand. It, it, is, it is really nice, really thin, and, and yet you still got all this screen real estate. Other features of Note are the, is the dual lens camera. The first time Samsung has actually introduced a dual lens camera into any of their mobile devices. The Note 8 is the first. And both lenses have the independent optical image stabilization so that you can take really smooth images, really shake-free video. They actually did a head-to-head comparison with the iPhone 7 Plus, a little bit aggressive on Samsung's part, but they wanted to prove the point of just how good the camera is and the side-by-side comparison of an image taken with the iPhone 7 Plus and the Note 8 showed the Note 8 image was clearly better, uh, had less had less blur. So uh, that optical image stabilization was was demonstrated rather dramatically. Now, that large screen allows you to do a lot of things. One is sharing the screen, so multitasking with the screen, so sharing the screen with two apps at the same time. And one cool new feature is called App Pair. So what that allows you to do is to group apps so that when you press on that icon, the paired icon from the Apps Edge panel, so you sweep in from the right-hand side of the screen, you'll see these little paired icons. And say, for example, you've got your say, Google Maps with your music player. Because when you want to drive, you want to actually control your music as well. You press that icon, and both of those apps fire up at the same time. So rather than you having to search for one app, then go out and find the other app, split the screen, it does it straight away. Really smart move, and I think one the customers are going to really like. Uh, the camera we've already mentioned, uh, it, the images uh, are, are, pretty, are pretty good. One thing that we didn't mention, though, was the ability to do the live focusing. So what that does, it gives you a depth of field in your image that you can preview live while you're, while you're lining up the shot. So say you've got someone in the foreground 
you can use the slider to actually adjust the amount of blur you want in the background. And you can even, after the photo's taken, adjust that area of focus even further. A really smart feature right there. But another another thing we've got to talk about, of course, the note is not the note without the S Pen. The S Pen is this the stylus that you get with the device. It uh, slides into the into the product uh, out of sight. Uh, when you need it, pops out the bottom, lets you write on the screen when it's locked. So that lock screen memo allows you to pull out that pen without even unlocking the device. So you just write on that black screen. You can write up to 100 pages without even having to unlock the device. You might have a shopping list or a to-do list or just some random thought that you want to record. It allows you to do that while the device is still locked. And you can go for up to 100 pages before the device is unlocked. Of course, the S Pen can be used to write in the normal Samsung Notes app. You can even use it for what they call live messaging. So what you can do is rather than just saying, typing happy birthday and sending it to someone, you can actually write happy birthday and record that animation as a GIF. And then that can be sent to your friend, no matter what device uh, they're using. It is recorded as a GIF, which is compatible on all devices. And then when they receive it, they actually see those letters that you've written being written on the screen with whatever effect or whatever smiley face, whatever emojis you want to include with it. So that's a nice little feature as well. You can save them, play them uh, before you send them as well. So those features alone, pretty compelling. But the power of this product is what I mentioned earlier. This has 6 gig of RAM, 2.3 gigahertz, so two 2.3 gigahertz octa-core processors. It's overall 10 nanometer performance, so a powerhouse. You also have a micro SD card slot to increase the, increase the internal storage by up to 256 gig. Now, one thing that was introduced with the S8, as you may recall, was the Samsung DeX. This is a small dock that allows you to plug in your phone, connect the the DeX to a monitor and a keyboard, and you've got a desktop solution powered by your smartphone. Now, in the case of the Note 8, which is even more powerful than the S8, you can actually do more. I, I, during our demo, we, we t- had a look at that was running 4K YouTube, running documents, running all these things all at the same time and playing a game full screen. We had to remind ourselves this was running off a phone. The game itself looked like it was running off a desktop PC. That's how clear and sharp it was, but it was running off the Galaxy Note 8. That was rather impressive. Now, let's talk about pricing. The price of this is $1,499. Obviously, a top-of-the-line device, a flagship product, aimed at not just the CEOs and mobile professionals of the world, but anyone who really just wants to get things done. Someone who may be a mobile professional, may be a CEO, or someone who, who likes taking great photos, loves sharing on social media, loves consuming content. The screen is HDR compatible, so gives you a cinematic experience right there in your hand. So it isn't just a product for your mobile professionals. It's a, it's a, it's a device that's aimed at the high-end user, whether they're using it for work or play or both. Now, on the battery side, this was an area that Samsung naturally 
paid a lot of attention. We all know what happened with the Note 7. These battery defects spelled the end of that product. So it was important that Samsung conducted their eight-point battery check, a process that was inspired uh, by the Note 7, so the, a process that was put in place, I should say, after the dramas of the Note 7. So the battery in this case is 3,300 milliamp hours. I didn't go overboard with the capacity, which I think was a smart idea, but that capacity is easily going to get you through the day. There's wireless charging on board, fast charging as well. So if you are running low, you can even you can charge it up quite quickly. And of course, it's water and dust resistant, as are all the previous Samsung devices over the last couple of years. Anyone who pre-orders the device before September 22, pre-orders are available right now. Anyone who pre-orders will receive a free Samsung convertible fast wireless charger valued at $119, which is redeemable through Samsung. The device, I think, is uh, significant. It is especially following the dramas of the Note 7. We can't forget that, and I think Samsung have already proven with the release of the S8 that they have learned and moved on and created a good product, and they've also demonstrated that with the Note 8, which I think is going to be a pretty successful product, one that's going to leave the woes of the Note 7 behind well and truly. Now, when we, uh, we're going to talk a little bit later. Our next segment is going to be the interview with, uh, with Gary McGregor from Samsung, but later on we're going to talk about the telco plans and the date of the release, and the other big product that may be released on the same day. But if you want to read more about the Samsung Note 8, our our hands-on review as well as our report about the product, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide interview. Tech Guide. Well, as we said, we did speak to Samsung Australia's Director of IT and Mobile, Gary McGregor. He was here in New York for the event, and we had a chat about the product, what we can expect to see, uh, and how Australians are going to receive it, and uh, and just what whether and the fact that the Note Seven issue needed to be dealt with. We caught up with him at the launch, and here's what he had to say earlier. Hi, Gary. Welcome to the podcast. We're, uh, Thank you very much, Steve. Appreciate it. We are here at the launch of the, the Galaxy Note Eight, and I've got to say, right off the bat. I really like the way that Samsung addressed the Note 7. Quite, I think it was pretty classy how they did that. Was that, was that something that, that needed to be done to move forward? It was. I think it was important to bring closure. We can't forget about what happened in the last 12 months. And we've got a lot of Note loyalists out there. And they have essentially waited until this product has come out. The reason this product has been created is based on feedback from them. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was not surprised to learn, but I did know there were a lot of Note fans out there. And I think, as as you guys said, it was their feedback and their love for the product that kept it alive. 
and here we are now with a product that, would you say, the most powerful product that Samsung's produced? Without a doubt, at Samsung, we listen to customers and feedback. It's how we create our products. We don't tell customers what they think they should have. We listen and strive to create the best smartphone. And based on that, the Note 8 is the best smartphone we have created, without a doubt. And in Australia, we are, of course, we're, we're big Note users. Yes. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to get this, I think, a week after the US, is that right? Correct. It'll launch on the 22nd of September in Australia. Okay. So with this new product, I think we're, 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 you've, got, you've got the existing Note customers covered. Will this attract a new wave of customers for Samsung, do you think? I think it will. Note is designed for truly anyone who wants to achieve, anyone who is busy. It's almost like the, the doers. And today, that's not just a CEO and someone who wears a suit. That is your stay-at-home parent. It's your student. It's your business owner who needs to be nimble, who needs to be fast, who wants flexibility. It's going to talk to a lot more people than it has done. And I also think that the social aspects and the personalization aspects of of this device. Think features like live messaging, which again is a first. So the fact that you can now personalize your, your text messages, it will cater to such a broad spectrum now. I, I, I quite like that new feature, the, li the live messaging. Uh, I, I quite like the new the, the lock screen memo that gives you 100 pages. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot yes. of stuff to, you've got a thought in your head. You're not going to have a room, it's still, and the device is still unlocked. It's still not, not the, unlocked. That's either. right, the, the screen comes alive the minute you... So picture the scene, you've just remembered, that thought jumps into your head. The minute you pop that pen out, the screen is ready for you to take notes. You don't need to turn the device on. I know his notes can be as animated as you like, but you're right, 100 pages, that's, uh, that's a lot of notes. And I, uh, I think the, uh, the camera as well, dual, dual lens, is that the first dual lens camera in a Samsung mobile device, isn't it? It is, it's the first dual lens camera, but what makes this a world's first for Samsung is its dual optical image stabilisation. And that's where this camera is truly remarkable. So those moments where you, you want to catch a picture of those kids. I've got a young family. I'm constantly turning that camera on and grabbing those pictures quickly. This camera is the best that you will see in a smartphone. I also love that Note 8 will work with Dex. I think that power, uh, that really demonstrates to me the power of this product, that it can power a desktop solution as well. <laughs> it can. It's, it's, it's quite incredible. And again, we talk about the way Australians are working now is different. It's fairly fluid. We're not necessarily working in the standard 9 to 5. We're fluid the way that, that we work and how we work. Dex gives you that. You can be on a, a video conference and sharing the slides as you're editing them. And then once you get into the office, you pop in decks and you can carry on again. Yeah, all the power is in the phone. And you're right, it just shows where this technology has gone. The power that is in this device is on par with many PCs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, just back on the S Pen, that, that's improved as well. So it's got well, a thinner nib and, what, more than 4,000 levels of pressure? Like, it's yeah. a lot of pressure, levels of pressure. It, it <laughs> is. So you've got, you've got a point, 0 0.7 millimeter tip on there now. So if, you, if you're into calligraphy, how you write, it feels natural. And that's the key aspect of this. It feels natural. But what the pen also does, we've got advanced functions with that too. So, for example, if you're in a... You can be in a restaurant, you want to translate a menu. You, you can literally, you can take a picture of it and just hold the pen over and that will translate real time. If you want to work out, if you're in the same restaurant and want to know if you're overseas, 
how much does that cost? There's a real-time currency converter yeah. there as well, again, just by holding it. So the, the pen... It's pretty good, it also, and it also not only converts the currency in real time, but I think it does metric conversions, and, and, and is that right, as well as the languages? Absolutely so, right. A handy, yeah. a handy little thing to have with you. Uh, and now the product uh, coming to Australia, and there is a special offer, isn't there? So if you pre-order... What Cor- do we get? Correct. So pre-orders in Australia will begin on the 25th of August. And if you pre-order, you will receive a, a convertible wireless charger. And that is based on feedback we get from Australian consumers. They want that device powered up all times. They want yeah. the flexibility. So we will have that. But also what we're doing in Australia is we're launching a Screen Assure program. Yes, that was my next question. Oh. Screen Assure. Tell us about that. Yeah, let me... And this is very exciting for us, and it's not that Australians are more careless than anyone in the rest of the world, yep. but we want to give you a second chance. So what happens is if you purchase a device between from pre-order starting to the 31st of October, and you drop the device, you accidentally crack it, and feedback that we see is that's a reason why people are apprehensive to move to a big-screen yes. smartphone. okay. We'll give you a second chance. We'll get that screen replaced for you free of charge within well, that 12 months. That's a pretty good service. So that's, you get one free screen replacement if you're a clumsy mumsy and drop your phone. <laughs> Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, no, that's exciting stuff. September 22, it goes on sale. Correct. What colours are we going to get, Gary? Tell us about the colours. The colours, we're going to get black and gold. So gold. we're getting midnight black and yeah. maple gold okay. in the Australian no market. Blue, no blue, no grey. Watch this space, okay. Steve. <laughs> they they might right. come at this we stage. We're going to focus on those two colours. Fantastic. Well, we appreciate your time on the Tech Guide podcast. Really appreciate the time. Thank you very much, Steve. My pleasure. Now, moving right along, we're still talking about the Samsung Galaxy Note 8. And, of course, all the telcos were jumping all over this. They were Many of them had uh, data plans and offers uh, ready to go the minute the device was launched here in New York, and also certain offers as well. And we're talking not just the telcos, but also Amazim jumped in on the act. Virgin Mobile, they're offering the Galaxy Note 8 with 5 gig of data for $90 a month. That's kind of their their middle-of-the-road offer. They've also got other plans, so a cheaper plan, $80 with 2 gig of data, all the way up to $100 a month. When that gets you 24 gig of data, and they also are honoring that pre-order for the redeemable, convertible, fast-charge wireless pad as well. Moving on to Amazim. Now, Amazim is offering a pretty competitive deal. You get a complimentary plan of up to 14 gig for six renewals if you pre-order the Note 8. So if you purchase it outright and take up an Amazim offer, that'll give you up to $300 of of additional value by being on uh, a customer of Amazim as well. So customers can choose to buy the device outright for $40.99 or join the Amazing payment plan of 69 a month over 24 months, or 129 a month for 12 months if they want a shorter term. Vodafone, they're offering a $100 bonus credit if, any, if customers just trade in their old device, regardless of the condition. So that, that's handy to take off, uh, off your bill. Vodafone, you remember, have introduced their new range of plans that offer phones without the locking contract. So uh, the, the Note 8, you can uh, have it on a plan over 12, 24, 36 months, and that's with interest-free payments. Plans start at 41.63 per month. Total monthly cost 69.63 over 36 months. 
or you can have it over 12 months, which will be 121.91. Total monthly cost 154.91 when you take the payment of the handset as well as the plan over 12 months. So 12, 24, 36. All these details are at Tech Guide as well, by the way, so you can check them out in full. Telstra, uh, they weren't, they didn't actually specify plans. They said that the Note 8 will go on sale, or pre-order, I should say, on, on September 5. So they didn't offer it right away, but they did say September 5, and I think details of all the plans and data inclusions will be announced at the same time as the pre-orders. I think that Telstra are kind of sitting back and waiting to see what everyone else is doing before they uh, make their plans of their own. I think this is a device because it, it is a cat uh, 4G uh, I think Cat 16 compatible, which gives it extra fast uh, speed on compatible 4G networks. So Telstra would be interested to get this device into the hands of their customers. Optus uh, is offering that anyone who orders pre-orders the Galaxy Note 8 before September 3, uh, the, the $130 plan will be brought down to $100 a month. So instead of paying $130 a month, you can get it for 100 a month with no handset fees for 24 months, which is pretty competitive. That plan includes 30 gig of data as well. So uh, and, and that includes uh, one gig of data for international roaming as well. So pretty competitive rates there. And, of course, we mentioned the device doesn't go on sale. It's not going to be available till September the 22nd. Now, that is a significant date because by all indications, that will be the date that the new iPhone goes on sale. So there's going to be two flagship products from the one and number one and number two companies going head-to-head on September 22. If the rumors are to be believed, Apple is going to have a launch event uh, the week of September 12, 13 with the device's presumably, reportedly, going on sale September the 22nd, the very same day that the Galaxy Note 8 is due to hit the market. This is significant. Uh, I don't think this has ever been done before. I can't recall there ever been a time when two massive releases like this uh, happen to occur on the same day. I think that's a first. I have not heard of that before. But uh, September 22nd is sure going to be the Clash of the Titans. Stay tuned to Tech Guide. We're going to have all those details and the news as we find it, especially around the uh, the iPhone launch and uh, the launch date for their new devices. And everything that we've spoken about, the Note 8, uh, hands-on review, all those telco offers uh, and the l- report about the device itself, you can read all of that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. There's a lot of valuable stuff stored on your computer, family photos, videos, tax and work documents. Well, what would you do if all of a sudden they were all gone, encrypted and impossible to retrieve? What I've just described is called ransomware. That's malware that locks you out of your own files, then demands that you pay up or lose access to them forever. Unfortunately, that is on the rise in Australia. In fact, Australia is now the most targeted country for ransomware attacks in the Southern Hemisphere. 
Norton Security Premium is a powerful internet security solution that can help keep you safe from ransomware, including the recent WannaCry ransomware attack. It does that by blocking dangerous files, warning you against dodgy links before you click, and backing up files from your PC to the cloud so you'll have a copy if anything goes awry. To learn more about how to protect your online life, visit au.norton.com. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Tech Guide. Okay, first up on the Tech Guide podcast, we're going to be talking about the new Nest range of smart home devices. Nest is a pretty big name when it comes to smart home products. They've been pretty prominent in the US or they've landed here in Australia. They've got uh, three products on offer. They've got Nest Protect, which is a smart smoke detector. And they've got two cameras, the Nest Outdoor Camera and the Nest Indoor Camera. And we put them through their paces, but not before we had a little bit of trouble trying to register for the service. Now, what we had to do was to create an account. Every customer has to create an account using their email address and a password. And then what happens is that you receive an email to that address, and then you have to click on the verification link. So you, to verify that is your email, so that it recognizes your email, you need to click on the verification link. Well, we tried that with four different email addresses and had no luck. It said, can't recognize that email address and as you can imagine, we were pulling our hair out. What we did, though, was contact Nest on their chat line. So on the Nest uh, website, you can choose to chat to a support member. And we did this. We explained what had happened, and they tried to steer us through, but the chat kept getting cut off. So you can imagine how happy I was where, for the fourth time, I'm starting from scratch trying to explain why I couldn't register to the service, they said, try log into the app. And every time I tried to log in the app using one of those in, uh, email addresses, it would say network error. I tried the app on an iPhone and on two different Android phones and nothing. So the problem wasn't at my end. Then I received an email from one of their support staff who said, try this. Add plus nest to your name in your email. So the start of my email address is Stephen at whatever. So they said, try Stephen plus Nest at whatever. And I did that, and it worked. And other people I know, other customers, other journalists that have actually reviewed this product, never had to do that. I have no idea why I had to do that. And if it did know that adding plus Nest would solve that issue, why wasn't their system geared up to deal with that? Why couldn't their system just insert plus nest and make it work? It was really frustrating, and I was absolutely ready to give up. I'm thinking, this is too hard. Anyway, it did work after that, and we got the products working. Now, we had we got two Nest Protects, so we replaced our existing smoke detectors with the Nest Protect. And what, what the, what's smart about these is that, that, yes, they can pick up smoke. They can also pick up carbon monoxide, another deadly gas that uh, if, if it is present in your home, you won't even know it until it's too late. So it can also do that. But what I like about it is the fact that it can tell you if there's a problem. It could say there is an issue with smoke coming from the kitchen. And little do you know, there may be someone burning toast there, maybe on the phone forgot the toaster's on and the smoke detector is about to go off. Well, it does warn you about that and gives you the chance to cut it off so to, to not have the alarm sound. 
So rather than you dealing with your burnt toast through piercing smoke alarm noise, you can actually turn the smoke alarm off so it won't go off for that particular uh, case, in this case, the burnt toast. The other thing I like about Nest Protect is the fact that it has this uh, a path light. So when at night time, if you're maybe walking down the hallway, it actually detects movement and lights are up, up a little. It's like a night light, just illuminates your way, so you're not bumping into any walls, you're not doing anything to hurt yourself. Uh, that's a handy little feature there as well. That's $189 for each of the Nest Protect systems. Next up, the Nest Outdoor Cam. This is 319 bucks, and this allows you to set up the cam. It's a weatherproof cam. You can set it up outside, aim it where you want uh, using the magnetic base. You need to install this. You need to be pretty handy to install this, so uh, you do need to run cables and things like that. The strange thing about this, though, was it had a pretty long cable, I think about a 7-meter power cable. Then it connected to this USB uh, adapter, which then connected to the power cord. So another power cord to go that goes into the power point. So if you're trying to run this cord inside your home, the USB adapter part of the cable would be too thick to go through the wall. And, and God help you, if you try to cut the cable and reconnect it, there's no guarantee that connection's going to work right. So you really need an outdoor power point. And luckily, we did have one and managed to uh, install it and run the cable in a tidy way and then tuck away all the excess cable uh, actually near our hot uh, water system outside, which happened to be next to a dual power point. One of them now is taken up by the Nest Outdoor Cam. Once we've got all that sorted, though, and I should mention that our pairing the device to the Nest app is as simple as you scanning a barcode, or a QR code, I should say, on the side of the device. That helps get uh, connect your system, your device to your Nest app and to your profile, and then allows you then to monitor it through the app wherever you are. You can set motion detection. You can set. Uh, you can distinguish between people and pets. You can even disable parts of the system so you don't want to be looking over your neighbor's fence and see every time, say, that the camera's pointing over their fence slightly, any kind of movement there you can kind of rule out. So um, handy, very high quality too, HD. And uh, just like the indoor cam, which is exactly like the outdoor cam, except that it doesn't, it's not weatherproof and it just can be plugged indoors and set up however you like. You can mount it to the wall, you can mount it to a ceiling, you just let it rest on something. And again, you're going to get pretty clear video, can detect movement, can send you notifications, uh, can be sent up. If you do have a Nest Aware account, we'll allow you to set it up so that it records 24-7 and then you're able to skim through and see exactly what's happening, what's movement's been detected. One downside there is that it uses about 120 gig. If you're choosing the Nest Aware 24-7 recording, it's going to chew up about 120 gig of data per month for you to have that service. So be aware that if you've got two cameras, that's twice as much, and that if you do have a limited amount of data to use, that's going to impact on your, on your home data allowance as well. The indoor camera and outdoor camera, both priced 319 bucks. The Nest system is good. It's, it's easy to operate. Uh, apart from that frustrating time where I was trying to register for the service, get my account set up, that was really frustrating. And I wouldn't blame a customer getting their money back because that, that I, I hung in there to get this done because I, I know I needed to review the product. Uh, I think a customer would be really frustrated and hopefully I'm one of the few people this has happened to. If you want to read more about the Nest Smart products, you know where to go. You can find it at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. 
Next up, we're talking smartwatches, and not just any old smartwatch, the Huawei Watch 2. Now, this is a, a watch with a difference, the main difference being it's got its own 4G SIM card. So you can operate this device independently of your phone. So if you tried to go on a run or just go out without your phone, this has its own 4G SIM card, so you can still receive calls, make your calls, use your apps, do everything you need to do without your phone having without having to piggyback your phone's connection. That's a massive point of difference. 4G SIM card, but you're going to need another SIM card. So you need to kind of pay like a monthly access fee for the second card, maybe like a $10 a month job. Uh, allows you, uh, it's and, and not just a data-only card, by the way. This can make and receive calls. So if you do want to do that, uh, you'll need a proper SIM card that may just be a maybe a prepaid card, something that can be used independently. Now, in Australia, you can't have a SIM card with uh, two SIM cards with the same number. So in this case, what you can do is forward your phone's number to the watch. So if you're going out without your phone, you can set up on the watch to receive call forwarding. So the calls will be forwarded to you, to the watch. But then when, you, when you're back with your phone, you need to turn that off. So it's not something that just can detect when they're together again. Wouldn't be great. Wouldn't it be great if it if it was in Bluetooth range? The cellular connection would be turned off, but uh, it doesn't do that. You need to turn it off manually. So remember that uh, when you're back with your phone, turn off call forwarding, or every call will be going through your wrist. Now, design-wise, you're looking at a uh, 1.2-inch screen, 390 by 390 resolution, slightly smaller than the previous model. I note there. Uh, I think that that could be the size of the screen could have been slightly bigger. I think it, it, it's of appeal. I think at that size because it could be worn by a man or a woman, so it's kind of in that in the middle uh, size. So it suits a man or a woman. It's not too big for a woman or too small for a man. I think it's just right, but could have been maybe just slightly bigger, maybe 1.4 inches. Just give you that little bit of extra room in case you want to type or do something on the screen. Use apps, for example, because you can download apps to this thing because it's got its own connection. You can get onto the Google Play Store and download Uber and all your fitness apps and everything you want, your music streaming service, because uh, they can run on this uh, the device on, the, on its own, so even when you don't have your phone. So that's something to keep in mind as well. It's running Android Wear. This is the... Uh, the, the operating system that works on all Android devices and also on the iPhone. So if you're an iPhone user, you can use the Huawei Watch 2 with your iPhone. So Apple Watch isn't the only smartwatch that works. In fact, any Android Wear watch, and there are a few, will work with the iPhone because you can run the Android Wear app on your iPhone. It's got NFC on board as well. Uh, Google Assistant. So NFC is good if you want to make some payments using Android Pay. Google Assistant, you, you can talk to the watch and ask questions and do whatever you need. But one of the best things about the, about the watch, I think, is it, its ability as an exercise watch. Uh, it's a real sports watch. This can keep track of everything you, you, that you can think of, your speed, your average speed, your distances, time, uh, average speeds, and it can detect automatically whether you're running, walking, cycling. It's also got live GPS tracking, don't forget, even without the phone because it's got that 4G connection. And it can even show a real-time location on a map. If you're running, you can actually look down on your wrist and see your real-time position. But it's also got other important workout data. If you're really into your, into your sports and fitness, you've got things like VO2 max uh, stats, your training effect, your recovery time. So if you do want to take your training to the next level, the Huawei Watch 2 can be right by your side. And, of course, it does things like counting your steps like your normal, normal fitness tracker would do. Now, the battery-wise... 
you've got to remember this is doing a lot. This is a device that is a watch. It's, a, it's got GPS. It's got your 4G connection. And it's, there's a, it's a lot doing. There's a lot happening with this device. And we found that we had everything turned on. We had always on display, had everything running. And it really taxed the battery quite heavily. And one simple thing that we did that helped almost double the battery life was turn off our always-on display. That means that the watch face only is only illuminated when you move your wrist to, to take a look at the time. Having it always on means that the time's always displayed, and that, that runs the battery down a little bit. So just doing that helped us to get through the day, almost double the battery life. But you've got to remember, if you're using GPS all the time, making and receiving calls on the device as well, you're going to expect that the battery is going to run down a little faster than if you weren't doing those things. So keep that in mind. Overall, battery's above average, but you've got to remember, the more you do with this watch on its own, using 4G, doing things like that, the more the battery's going to run down faster. But overall, I think the Huawei Watch 2 is an above-average device. It's uh, smarter than your average smartwatch because it does have that 4G connection and can connect using 4G as well by itself. If you want to read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a sucker for brisket and ribs, and I love that barbecue. And you know what? A lot of Australians are in the same boat. We do love that slow-cooked pork shoulders, pulled pork, brisket. It has become a real phenomenon in Australia. We've got a taste for barbecue. And I'm here in New York, and there's no shortage of places that you can have barbecue. But in Australia, barbecue is on the rise. Now, one thing about barbecue, and especially if you're cooking that type of meat, it takes a little while. It takes some time, can take hours, can take up to 12 hours to cook. So you need to be patient and you need to have the right barbecue. And the Green Mountain Grills could be the right barbecue for you because it's gone high tech and it's got a built-in Wi-Fi controller. So if you're cooking a 12-hour brisket or some pork shoulder, you can, with your smartphone through the mobile app, you can monitor the grill remotely. So there is a SenseMate technology on board, so it can maintain the right temperature along with the right airflow and pellet flow. Don't forget this wooden pellets, so that you're getting that smoked flavor. You do need, do need to ration that flow as well. You can do that remotely using an app. So you're not you're not stuck to you're not chained to the barbecue. You could be off shopping, entertaining guests at home, walking your dog, whatever you need to do. As long as you've got access to your phone, you can check out what's doing with your Green Mountain Grill. Uh, low and slow cooking, as I said, has really increased in popularity in Australia, and that smoked meat taste is really sweeping the nation. So I'm pretty sure these barbecues are going to be pretty popular from Green Mountain Grill. They start at $949. That's for the Daniel Boone Wi-Fi grill. And that uh, weighs in at 30 kilograms. And you can choose a stainless steel rain hood, a range hood and add racks, shelving, thermal blankets, all those sorts of things. You can then move up to the Davy Crockett Wi-Fi. That's nine. That, that's, no, sorry, that's, that's the Daniel Boone Wi-Fi is $13.99. The Davy Crockett was nine forty nine, and at the very top of the line, the Jim Bowie Wi-Fi is seventeen ninety nine or nineteen forty nine with the stainless steel hood. 
So uh, if you're into your barbecue and you do want, don't want to be chained to them for that whole time, you can still monitor what you're doing to come up with the best results. You can do that with the Green Mountain Grills. And we've spoken, uh, we've written about them, I should say. I've spoken about them right now on the podcast. But we have written about them at techguide.com.au. If you're into your barbecue, I encourage you to take a look. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. They've just introduced Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi across the board. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Our Tech God helped us uh, question this week was from a reader who was asking, they've got their NBN and were asking that, does the quality of the modem make their NBN faster? Well, that's an interesting question. And the simple answer is no, it doesn't. You're, the, the, a modem can't make the internet come into your house faster. It can, it can pr- provide the system, create a wireless network if it's a modem router, but the quality of your service depends on far more than the modem. Now, the type of NBN you've got, all these other a- a- outside factors, uh, whether it's fibre to the node, fibre to the premises, fibre to the curb, whether it's a satellite broadband, fixed mobile, all those factors come into play. And w- whatever's happening at the back end of your telco, their, their backhaul system, that's also a factor as well. So chopping and changing just the modem really won't make the internet come in faster to your home. Neither will installing a fancy new router. What a router does, if you've already got, a, say, a standalone modem, a router will help you distribute the Wi-Fi signal in your home. So say you're streaming something, you can stream it consistently through the home with a good router. So there's no buffering. So the signal's coming in, the, the router's taking care of keeping enough, uh, enough uh, of, the, of the stream so there's no buffering. So rather than just feeding it all at a time, it holds a bit back to make sure that you're getting everything at the same time rather than giving you everything, waiting, giving you everything, waiting. It's intelligent enough to stream it smoothly so there's no stops, there's no buffering, you don't get any interruption to what you're doing. That's what a good router does. A good router won't make your internet fast, come into your house faster, neither will a good modem. If your speeds aren't up to scratch, whether you're on the NBN or otherwise, contact your ISP because with the NBN, we can now pick the speeds we want. We can pick up to 100 megabits per second. And if you're not getting any, if you've paid for that service and aren't getting anywhere near that speed, then you've got a case to make with your ISP. My recommendation, if you, if you are connecting to the NBN, 
don't sign a long-term contract. Try the ISPs a month at a time until you find the one you like. So if you sign into a dive into a two-year contract, then you might be stuck with that plan. So take your time, try them out. Don't necessarily even go for the big names. Like if you're a Telstra customer, you don't have to have Telstra on the NBN. You could try someone else. Same thing for Optus, all these other companies. Try other brands. Try other companies. There are others out there. My Republic, Aussie Broadband, iPrimus. There's heaps of them to choose from. Try them a month at a time. If they work for you, stick with them. If they don't, try another one. That is my advice. If uh, Chopping and changing your modem isn't really going to have much difference at all in terms of bringing the internet into your house faster. That's up to the infrastructure that's around your home. That's what's going to determine your internet speed. We've written about the NBN plenty of times in the past, and you can read every one of our stories at techguide.com.au. And that is the end of our show, ladies and gentlemen. You can read about everything that we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, you can know the email address, info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. We're joining you next week from Berlin. We're going to the IFA Tech Show in Berlin. We have plenty to talk about after that show. But until then, we look forward to you joining us again next week. But until then, stay safe and stay connected.